Welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we've been in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, Joe Diebold shares his story of running his first half marathon at a weight that would keep others on the couch. And now he's training for one of the area's toughest trail marathons, the Sega Honda Trail Marathon, which is 26.3 miles of rocks, roots, and gullies inside Leshworth State Park. You'll hear that Joe has a pretty nonchalant, just-another-day-running attitude with regards to his running. Just another day outside, doing the thing. He shares his thoughts behind uh, how he sets his goals and his general attitude towards uh, going for it. You just do it. You can hear that his uh, laid-back attitude comes in handy when he encounters one of those tough runs that just require guts and an understanding that life isn't always about seeking comfort. This, um, this should be a pretty good conversation for anybody that feels like, man, they just can't find the motivation. Um, but before we get into our chat with Joe, I'm pretty happy to share some something exciting and new. We're calling it, I'm calling it, Small Business Sponsorships. Yeah, uh, ideally introducing or reintroducing you to small local businesses or people that offer services and products that uh, I and us in the running community should find uh, pretty excellent. Uh, Now, I'm not going to be telling you about this year's hottest trail shoes or the most effective nutrition product, unless, of course, the shoe and the nutrition are made in or around Rochester by or for runners. So um, this episode is sponsored by Josh Stratton, LMT. That's a licensed massage therapist. Now, uh, some of you in the trail community may already be familiar with Josh's services, and uh, others may know him from one of the more prominent uh, massage establishments in the city, where he's generally uh, fully booked. But the thing is, Josh has a fancy new office um, inside of Sports PT in Winton Place, and he wants to fill that thing up with trail runners. So Josh offers therapeutic massage, sports massage, specific treatment massage, deep tissue massage, and even sweetest massage. But here's the thing. I had this whole spiel planned. Uh, I had this nice script to tell you about my first experience going to Josh and and how I got hooked. But um, I feel it's more appropriate to tell you what happened yesterday. Uh, I'll save the, uh, the first time perhaps for the next time. So the thing is, uh, I, you know, I haven't gone for a massage in about two months. I've been, I put it off through the holidays and January, whatever. So I call Josh and I tell him, you know, um, I need a massage and I booked, uh, an hour and I go in there and I tell him, ah, it's my, uh, my left calf just on the outside of my knee right below that little knobby thing. That's really bothering me. And underneath my big toe, like on my right foot, right before it meets the arch, 
And then, you know, he goes, well, how are those hamstrings? And I go, ah, they're the same as they've ever been. So Josh, uh, you know, we get started. He does the calves and he's doing his thing. And then suddenly he's right on the point, like right where it hurts with exactly the amount of pressure that's needed to work things out but not get me to freak out. Spend some time on that, finding exactly the spot, traces the whole thing up and down. Eventually, it's it's feeling fine. Like, even right there, it's feeling fine. So we go through the rest of the treatment, and then um, he's doing the foot, and instantly, right there, he finds the spot. He knows exactly where it is. That's what I'm saying. Josh is a runner. He knows running things. He knows where it hurts. And he knows how to work it out. So go in there and tell him what's going on. And he'll work with you. He'll find the spots. So here's the next piece of this. Um, Check this out. If you book an appointment with Josh and you tell him you heard about it on the podcast and you use the secret code, the secret code is Viking Balance. He'll give you 15 bucks off a 60-minute massage. Yeah, so what's normally 65 bucks for an hour will be 50 Now, this is a one-time code that everyone can use. Even, even if you booked with Josh before, you just haven't been there in a while, or maybe, you know, it's been a month or two, but regardless, you can use this code. And if a bunch of people start contacting him and booking with this code... Josh is going to do another code next month that everybody will get to use. So, how do you get one of these things? Well, Josh has a fancy Facebook page now. So, you can go to his Facebook page, which is Josh Stratton LMT, or you can call and text 585-749-1637. That info is on his Facebook page as well. Um, I'll put a link to his page in the show notes in case you're uh, driving right now and you don't want to carve the contact info into your forearm using the lid of your travel mug. I don't know. Um, But uh, the show notes, by the way, can be found at www.runninginsideoutpodcast.com slash podcast slash 24. Now, all that being said... um, Let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of Rochester runners. Start running for the second first time, as I put it, was about three years ago in 2013. I did a learn to run. I ran for a few months, a few years before that, and got hurt and gave it up. So when I started again... I'd started to learn to run with a coworker just to run a 5K. Yeah, it was the summer of 2013. Okay, so in in what sort of what prompted you to to get started? What did you just you and a coworker just chatting and you decided you were going to run together? Yeah, I had wanted to get back into running. I was I had cycled for a few years when I got started getting back into shape and losing weight and everything, and I wanted something on top of cycling. And he was looking. He had one of those fun type runs that he wanted to train for. And I've just figured it would just be a good time to jump in with somebody and get back into trying to run again. 
So and that's how it kind of started. He kind of fizzled out pretty quickly, but I stuck with it. So and finished the five k program and worked my way up from there. So you had said you you were starting to get back into shape. Um, so was there a point where you were in shape and then out of shape? Well, in high school, I I was always out of shape a little, but I used to, you know I played sports. I played football and. I did track, but it was, you know, shot put and discus. I never really was much into running in high school, but I at least, you know, played sports. In college, all I really did was, you know, lift and drink. So it got to a point where I figured I was time to, uh, you know, reevaluate. You know, I was definitely overweight and everything and to start trying to uh, get into shape. And, you know, I started it with the bike and then progressed it into the running. Yeah, and so when I, um, I had sort of a, you know, I was lifting and drinking too, but all I was lifting were my drinks. So it was, there wasn't really even much muscle building at the point for me in college. So you um, you started running sort of in earnest at, at 20 in 2013. Was there something like, was there a trigger event or did you just wake up one day and decide I'm going to get started? I think, I you know, I just, you know, decided, I you know, I, I went with somebody and it kind of got me, got the ball rolling and I liked it, and you know, as it progressed through, and he was able to do a 5K, and then, you know, I was looking at it, and in the in between training sessions, I added mileage and got myself up to you know running a 10K, and just you know kind of kept going the goal to see what I could push myself to do. You know, and so you went from um, biking into running and do you, do you still like the bike now? Is that still a thing you do or is running taken over most of your time? Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. Running took over a lot of time. I used to commute to work on bike and I started that back up last summer again. I try to at least get the bike in that part of the, my training of just a little bit of, you know, commuting each day, but I definitely want to get the bike back into it and try to balance out, you know, some of my mileage this summer on the bike. Yeah. And so this summer, you know, I, I think, you know, we sort of started at the middle of the story, but this summer you have some um, some big plans set up, right? You're making the jump into ultras. Well, I mean, I've, I've done 150K, but I'll be jump into at least doing some trail ultras and this summer. So, Do you remember like what your first race in your new time was and your second learning again for the second time? Would have been probably Summerfest, like summer of 2013. That was my first, you know, official race I ever ran. And wow. I didn't get into trail running until almost a year later. So um, over that time, I mean, you've had some, you've had at least one dramatic change that I know of. You have, you have gotten much smaller over the last two years. That definitely, yeah, that has definitely happened during this time. You've also gotten much faster over these two years. I think there's a correlation between the two. So. <laughs> Science, right? Yes, yes. Um, and so as you were starting to get going, you said you transitioned from the bike to uh, running. Was did you have what was the the one thing that stuck out for you as like? Did you instantly love running, or was there something that sticks out to you as like a challenge you had to overcome there? Um, I, you know, I liked it. I think it was the challenge and, you know, in running is you can't coast. So, you know, if you're running the race and I was always one, I didn't, you know, didn't want to stop. I didn't want to walk, you know, that type of a race. So 
it was that mental aspect of it of trying to be consistent you know no matter what the distance was that's definitely on the bike it's really easy to cheat and just coast if you go a little too fast or a little too hard yeah and um i think that you know that idea of i don't want to walk when you're just getting started running i think that's a that's a thing that um can dissuade a lot of runners you know the idea of there's no way i could run 3.1 miles and so they never enter a 5k and you're saying your first race was summerfest which I believe is thirteen k. Is it? No, I did. I just did the five k option. Okay, on that you one. did. You did the five k Summerfest. The five k, yeah. All right. And so, did you at this point? Was it just introducing? You were just introducing running, or did you do like the whole overhaul? The no drinking, the no eating unhealthy foods, the uh, you know full fasting cleanse, all that stuff, or did you just start running? That not at that point. I mean, I I still I always kind of ate, ate healthy, but at that point I was just worrying about the cardio and everything. And you know, it took a couple of years to kind of finally get the the whole package together and you know actually see the weight come off. So, so you so you have that whole package going now. Wow, that's pretty. I I don't. I'm sitting here <laughs> sipping sipping an IPA at nine o'clock at night. So. So do you find that um, you, did you find that you enjoyed that training aspect? Was the training sort of enough to get you going or um, did you need the races to get you going? Um, I think the training of, you know, of hitting goals, the races, races have never been necessarily my motivation, but they're kind of at the end of a training, you know, the proving of that, you know, not only can I do it, but see what else I can, you know, actually you know, push myself and accomplish. I always seem to train a little slower, you know, than I, you know, I race. So that's, to me, races are the day that I actually, you know, put the pedals to the metal and see where my body can take me. So you did a lot of the Fleet Feet group activities, right? So you did a lot of like the, um, the Winter Warrior stuff and you did a lot of the Dirt Cheap and the, uh, all of those kind of things were, was that group mentality something that sort of got you going? Yeah. I mean, I like that, you know, you know, I like those races with the camaraderie. You know, I also like the fact that a lot of the races here local, the fleet feet ones, and even some of the other ones, you know, they were really all encompassing for, you know, for all paces, be it, you know, either have an early start or, you know, just, be, you know, waiting out there. And that was, you know, some of when I think I looked at running, sometimes it was kind of discouraging being, you know, initially a, such a slower runner, that, you know, races were for, you know, real runners and finding, you know, the community here in Rochester where the races really kind of accepted everybody. I mean, now so many of the races even, you know, have a walking component. So it's, you know, it's nice to see. Yeah. And I, I think that, um, that you mentioned the, the words that I'm always like, kind of give me a little shudder, which is real runner. You know, and so many people, um, they, everybody has their own view of what a real runner is. How long did it take you to sort of think that you were a real runner? Uh, you know, I don't even know if I still consider myself, I mean, there's just, you know, I, I guess I would consider myself a real runner, but I still look at, you know, at the realm of running and especially when you put it in terms of pace and stuff and there's, you know, still such a wide range, you know, there, you know, that people, you know. I guess maybe now they're more elite runners than, you know, real runners, but I mean, you're you're putting you're putting one foot in front of the other. Yep. You're covering a distance. You're you're sweating, you know. Um 
And so that to me that it always feels like the the real runner definition is one that you have to sort of meet for yourself. I think once I could I could accomplish a pace that was faster running than some people walking, you know, that was definitely a, you know a milestone where you know I had some races where I was, you know, beat by walkers and yet I was running the race. So that would probably, you know, be a milestone of, you know, becoming a, a runner. Yeah, and I guess that 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 makes you feel a little bit like okay, I'm I'm doing something here. I mean, so you had a um, I, I just I took a peek at some of your race results real quick because I wanted to see because I was thinking a real runner. Uh, you I knew that you entered a ton of races last year, and um, you got over twenty races from last year. And you got, uh, but then like what you just said, so back in 2014, you had a Flower City Challenge um, half marathon. Yeah, that was my first half marathon was Flower City in 2014, where I I was training and my goal was to come in under the time cutoff of three hours and 30 minutes. And I, I, you probably got in front of you, I think I beat it by nine seconds or something. Uh, so. you, you beat it by 51 seconds. Oh, 51. So. Yeah, that's right. 51 seconds. Yeah. So. Three, 329.09. So you yeah. hit your goal. Yeah. And you know, I, I look at that one as that I, I just picked that one because of what you had said. Um, did that make you, um, did that reaffirm your commitment because you hit that goal? Yeah. You know, I definitely was, you know, yeah. Able to do it and, and what there, you know, what the t- time constraint was. So, you know, it, it was possible. And it kind of it kind of set a benchmark too to you know definitely to approve on from there. So yeah, because then after that you go on to Mend and Mahler and the Dirt Cheap series, and you know you start all of a sudden to start picking up. Um, got a Winter Warrior half marathon in here. You got you know Spring Forward, and then then we come up to um, and this is this is what's interesting to me and uh, this Mind the Ducks twelve hour. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So you did mind the ducks in 2015. Yeah, that was I had never ran anything past 13 miles up to then. I, but I just finished out the Flower City of 2015, which I had. I mean, I, I cut a half hour off of that race, which to me was amazing, and finished it just about three hours last year. And decided I wanted to do mind the ducks just for time on feet, and I hadn't had any time to train for any distance past the half marathon, so. And once I got to a half marathon for Mind the Ducks, it was just new territory the rest of the day. What about 95 degree heat <laughs> at 14, at mile 14 when it's 95 degree heat? Are you when, still thinking it, this was a good idea? Yeah, when you've been training and it's me, I've been 50 for, yeah. It, no, it was, the pond definitely looked inviting by the end of the day. So <laughs> that was, it was, it was a very eye-opening experience, not just for time on feet, but mentally I, you know, I was, used the, uh, rest stop on m- multiple loops just to uh, get some mental focus just to go back out and do another loop and you know I, I had set the goal I was going to try to get to a marathon if I could and I, you know once I was within sight of that that's all I was focused on so and you you hit a marathon in that correct yep yeah I hit that and that I tapped out on that one so it was, <laughs> it was, and uh, so again you hit you hit your goal there um, what is it that's that, um, what drives your goal setting process? Like, what is it, how do you pick the next, the next goal? 
I honestly think I just look at whatever the you know whatever the next common distance is. It's you know, I you know half to full. I mean, I never really did a full actual road race. I went right from a do mind the ducks. My next longest distance was a 50k. I but it just kind of seemed to the next progression to do. So you're actually looking at how how far you can go then. Yeah, it's you know I I know I'm getting I'm definitely getting fat been getting faster through the process, but it's also been you know, to me, the further aspect of it is kind of what I need to train on. I feel that's what I, that's kind of the goal I train on is the further versus the faster. I mean, it's definitely short distances like a 5k. I've been trying to see, you know, fast too, but overall it's been more on the, uh, the distance aspect. Hmm. That's really, it's really interesting because some people would, you know, um, when they're going through these kind of like major life changes they would they'd pick i just want to run i just want to run a 5k and they run a 5k and they say that was the hardest thing in my life i did it and then you know some of them maybe run another 5k but you've been on a steady two-year progression of just knocking down barriers and running more races running faster running farther you seem to be sort of doing it all yeah, you know, it, yeah, I guess it, it is. I haven't, you know, I definitely feel like I picked the distance, but you know, through the training, the the speed has come, and you know, I have stepped back. Last year, I I needed to do. I did like my summer fest. I wanted to run that again to see what I could do, and I ran at the end of the year. I ran a five k because that was I only ran one five k in twenty fourteen, so I had to run one and you know the same one in twenty fifteen just to kind of have uh, you know benchmarks to see where I had progressed in the year. Mm-hmm. So. And I mean, you run that. You're talking about it's a wonderful run, right? Uh, well, I did run. It's a wonderful run. Was more of I did that more as a fun run. But I did a reindeer run a couple weeks after that. That was the one. I did that in 2014, and then I did it again last right. year in 2015. And so that's a 20 2757 for a reindeer run. So I mean, you're running, you know, nine twenties for that that 5k. Yeah, that was. Uh, my, you know, I had a year before I couldn't break 40 minutes on it. So, you know, I had set a lofty goal of trying to hit 25, but anything below, yeah, about a nine minute mile, I, it was, I knew I wasn't going to be able to keep that up. So yeah, I was happy when I hit, you know, 27 and change. So, so I just, you know, I mean, I keep, I keep wondering, do you, do you feel like, do you look back and go that day that me and my coworker decided to start running was the best decision I've made in the last two years, or is that just kind of old hat for you? And that's just another another day. It it was it was a milestone. I mean, it definitely was an you know an important one. It you know it got me to where I was probably you know guess faster than maybe you know other routes had, and it definitely it opened up a whole new world of you know of you know people to you know work out with and people to hang out with and you know socialize with so it that that aspect of it probably more so it was definitely you know a, a milestone was just opening up you know a whole new group of people cuz i didn't know it i don't know a ton of people up here kind of being a transplant so and so where where did you come from uh, i came from just uh, north of buffalo i came up here for college and kind of never left okay. so yeah, I, I grew up in Buffalo, too, and then I came up here for college and never left as well. And oddly enough, 32 is the year that I, uh, the year that I started my second, you know, second life of running again. So, 
you know, we, I, I always say like trails, I didn't run a whole lot of trails in Buffalo cause there weren't a whole lot of trails. And when I ran, it was to go from place to place, you know? And, um, when I got here in Rochester, I didn't do a whole lot of the, uh, you know, I didn't do sports in college. We've kind of covered what I did in college. Um, but afterwards, you know, I was like 32 and I'm like, Ugh, this this isn't it, is it? Like, there's got to be something else. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, you know, that's, you you know, we I think we found, you know, running to be that. It, it, it fills a couple of voids in, you know, in your life. So it's much more beneficial than other uh, voices you can have. So. Yeah, and so now, you know, you've kind of come into a point where, I don't know. Do you can do you consider you consider yourself a real runner now, right? I, I mean, I guess I guess so. I never really think of it, you know, that way. I I I run. I'm a runner. You know, I guess I. There you don't. go. That's exactly it. You run. You're a runner. I think that's it right there. And so now you have sort of a a big year planned. I mean, it's it's February 29th. You know, the day that doesn't exist, and. uh you are looking ahead at um, quite a few races. So, how did you sort of how did you set your plan for this year? Other than these are the next distances. Um, you know that was part of it. You know, I started seeing some of these races. You know, last year and probably heard about some of them. You know, the year before, but none of them were definitely in my reach. So, you know, last year, you know, I set that set of goals, and this year, you know, I kind of looked at it and I knew that. There was, you know, a whole new realm of races that I could, you know, you know, attempt and most likely, you know, succeed in. So, you know, I started going out and registering for the ones that I could and it ended up being a potentially being a few more than I planned, but mm-hmm. And so you have your your first one up that you have is Sega Honda, right? Yeah, I have Sega Honda. I do. I'm gonna do uh, probably. I'll do Flower City again, just because that's kind of my you know anniversary five or uh, half marathon. So that'll be probably I think the next one coming up, and then Sega Honda will be the first big one of the year. So. Okay. And then what I'm else? Do Finger Lakes 50K. I'm signed up for the next month. So. And, I haven't. I've got them on the radar, but I haven't signed up. I'll probably. I, I did Can Lakes 50K last year, and despite finishing it under my goal time, I had a miserable 10 miles of it. So I'd like to try to redo it again this year and see how I can improve on that one. And I've I've been toying with a 50 miler in November. Yeah, <laughs> toying with it. <laughs> yeah doesn't have a cap on it so i can leave it out there and you know give it a few months through i get through a couple of these other races and see so sega honda was my first trail marathon um what are your general thoughts on sega honda well it'll be my first trail it'll be my first marathon technically too so um you know it's definitely it's it's an interesting race i've done all previews down there and i've done other races down there and you know it's I love that trail system down there. So I'm, you know, looking forward to getting out there and, you know, and running it again in training and, you know, for race day. So. So when you're, um, when you're, you're thinking about Sega Honda and you're, um, sort of going this, I've done 30, I've done 26 miles in 95 degree heat. I've done the Menden Mahler, you know, 
overweight and out of shape type of thing. Mm-hmm. What what are your concerns for for this year? You know, well, for a second Honda, really my concern is going to be more Mother Nature than anything else. You know, I feel, you know, I've got a good training plan that I'm working in. And, you know, that part of aspect of it, I, I feel pretty confident on. It's, you know, they always joke that every other year is a mud year. So we're, you know, unfortunately, that could be this year. So that's pretty much my biggest fear on that one is that and just staying healthy. You know, I luck- luckily, I've been healthy the last, you know, three years I've been running. So. Just hope that trend continues. Yeah, and so so really, you're you you ain't scared, huh? You ain't scared. You know, I'm not not really. I mean, I've it, it, I'll probably you know the night before, so I'll be a little worried about it. But I mean, you know, it's the worst that happens is you know I DNF, which I don't want to happen, and I'll be pissed if it does. But it's you know it's a reality; it happens. So. Mm-hmm. So as you um, you know, one of the things we mentioned was the uh, sort of group training and we talked about you know the the groups of people and things um as you go into the sega honda and you find yourself you know not scared and you know going to the fleet feet runs and stuff do do people sort of look up to you as somebody you know that has um sort of can be a mentor or do they ask you questions to how do you think like you know i mean i guess that's the thing I got that transition, yeah, probably within the last year because I've, you know, ever since I've been done in the Learn to Run programs, I have mentored them and even, you know, paced the, you know, half of full marathon trainings. And it, it was a weird transition to becoming, yeah, that mentor and getting asked questions and, you know, how I do things and, you know, people, uh, you know, looking up. And then, you know, they I got an award last year for inspiring people, which kind of blew me away. So, you know, I was just out there running, you know, but, uh, you know, it's 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 weird that you know, uh, as being you know, I don't really consider myself an you know an old sage you know runner that people you know look up to me. But I guess apparently, like you said, what I've done, they they feel I must have some knowledge to give. Yeah, and I I feel like um you know the the perseverance. I mean, that's to me that's the thing. All all these runs are hard for all of us, you know, because we all try to run at our level. You know, and we try to go, okay, let's push ourselves, whether we're, you know, whether there's somebody that can run um, a four hour Sega Honda, they want to run a 355 Sega Honda, you know, or if it's somebody that's running like you, um, as you did in your first Flower City, I want to beat a 330 half marathon. We all try to find that little extra out of ourselves. And it seems like you've had consistency and perseverance for two, two years. Yeah, you know, it, I it seems that I can, you know, I'll set myself, you know, a, a goal, and usually, uh, you know, I'm able to get, you know, be it most of the last year, you know, the time or distance, and I'm, you know, I'm able to get it, you know, within reason or beat it. So that definitely helps keep that, you know, perseverance and that, you know, that drive up to, you know, keep going. Or, you know, if even like Can Lakes that I beat my time on, I still want to go back and have a better race and, you know, run more of it than I ran last year. So. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, the other thing is I think that that's people, people want to have that in a bottle. They want to know what it's like to be pushed to the edge and, you know, say, you know, I can do better. Um, and so they, they want those, those answers. There are, then it's hard to give too. I mean, I, sometimes I feel, you know, I just, 
shut off my mind and just do it. And I don't, you know, I, afterwards I wonder how I, you know, I did, I mean, you know, can lakes, I was 10 miles of it. I was walking cause I wasn't feeling right. And afterwards I, you know, I don't know exactly how I, you know, managed to finish it. So. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, you know, and you start seeing the little black dots in front of your eyes and, and you, you kind of wonder what you're doing out there a little bit. But I figure, you know, at the same point, I figure you get yourself into the mess. You got to get yourself out of it. So you pay to be there. And I mean, I'm, it's not going to just, you know, just stop unless, you know, I definitely think I would stop if I had to stop. But that's where I like seeing what, what, what can my mind and my body really do, you know. I was doing hill runs this weekend and it was, you know, just keep going until you fail. And, you know, it took a while to finally fail at it. So it was just, you know, shutting the mind off and just letting the body work. Yeah. You know, that's an, that's an interesting one because as you get better at this stuff, it takes longer to fail at it. Very true. Um, but so shutting your mind off, um, do you have, do you have certain tips, tricks? What's your, uh, how do you shut your, your mind off? You know, I it used to be music and, you know, modern technology. Every headset I have would fail on me during a race and stuff. So, you know, lately, I don't know, I just turn off, you know, I stopped even carrying music and just, you know, I just, I don't know, I just run. I never quite figured it out. But at some point I may be thinking about other things. I don't think I necessarily shut my mind off. I think I think about everything else except the run. You know, what I'm going to have afterwards, what I got to do, planning, you know, I'm meticulous with making lists and things like that. So that kind of stuff runs through my head and it, you know, it shuts my mind off from the running aspect of it. That's pretty cool. Do you make um, like marathon prep checklists? Beforehand, yeah, I'll make some. And I mean, I'll usually, you know, I'll set goals and, you know, check, you know, definitely, you know, I try to over plan, you know at different checkpoints where I want to be, you know, time-wise and all that type of stuff and try to, you know, plan ahead for it and, you know, then throw it all out the window the day of the race. That's exactly what I was going to ask. I, I make those checklists. I make the plans. And I think it's great for, like, remembering my shoes. But um, once you once you actually cross the start line, it feels like, um, okay, I did that OCD thing to get myself to the start line, but none of that really matters anymore. Yep. Yeah, but I think it keeps you, it keeps you busy and worrying about other things when you're prepping. So. <laughs> exactly. I think that's, you know, we got these coping mechanisms. Um, Very true. But I, I, I trained all with music through, uh, for my first marathon, I trained by myself. Um, for the Rochester Marathon, and I started, you know, a June 1st training regimen all through the summer listening to music. And um, when I got to the marathon, I just, I I was like, okay, I'll bring this with me, but I actually want to hear the marathon. I want to I wanna hear the fire trucks. I want to hear, you know, all the people and what they're talking about. So I brought the, the music um, for that first marathon, but I didn't listen to it until the like mile, I don't know, 15 or so on the canal when I sort of found myself all alone because I had, I had, um, had to stop and pee and lost the pace group. And I was like, okay, now I'm by myself. I gotta, I gotta stop thinking about how I'm going to make up this pace and how I, you know, I need the music to help distract me now. Yeah. See, I had about the opposite on, uh, the Rochester half marathon this year. My headphones died about six miles in so I had the next seven without them and kind of realized that you know 
didn't necessarily need them. They're nice to have. And I even think when I have them, I have music, but I'm not necessarily li- listening to it. It's just background, you know, background noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bring them for ultras just in case, like, I need something to shake my mind up. But I very, I I can't remember the last time I actually listened to, to music during, during a run. Um, I did some, I listened to, like, four of the... Um, uh, Song of Fire and Ice, the Game of Thrones books. I listened to like four of those when I was doing the marathon training. And I'm like, first, I'm miserable doing this 18 miler. Next, I'm listening to a story where nobody has smiled in 12 hours. <laughs> it was just a bad mix. See, I have an old friend and I, I uh, ran into him at the Rochester Marathon this year and he listens to motivational books. And he mm. says they get him pumped up. He'll listen to you know motivational speakers that wrote books. So I'm like that. That would be a different. You know, I could see how that might help. Yeah, I I listened uh, I listened to some of those um, types of books, um, but but not not running. Yeah, because I find like they get me thinking about all like the podcast and stuff that I have to do with the podcast. So. I can't imagine Tony Robbins telling me to walk across hot coals as I'm running a half marathon. Very true. So. But no, yeah, it's been it's been the last you know you know few races and stuff. I've you know I've gone completely completely musicless, and I can't say I you know I don't I don't miss it. And then that's the definitely the group aspect of training, especially long distances, having somebody to talk to. I mean that. You know, I've done, you know, I did a 26 mile training run with somebody and you know, just talking back and forth the whole time. And it, it makes things so much, you know, better than, you know, music ever would. And that's, I definitely, that's why I think I gravitate towards the group trainings and stuff is just in helping out with them now so much. I mean, I'm helping other people get their goal, but at the same time, I'm definitely getting my own runs in. So, yeah, that that's very cool. It does seem like, um, the 20 mile run, you know, you have times during that run when nobody's talking, you know, everybody's kind of in their own head. Yeah. You know, I was on a a 17 mile run this weekend and, um, you know, the first couple miles we're all talking and chatting and we're like, Oh, this uh, it's windy and Oh, that's a hill. And Oh, and then eventually like, you don't need to say it's windy anymore and you don't need to say you're running up a hill. You just all have to get through it together. You all know. But the, on the flip side too, you get to that point where, you know, I had a pacer for Can Lakes, you know, and it was more mental. I mean, I got to a point where I, I didn't want to talk, but it was just somebody else carrying on. A, even if it was a one-way conversation, it just, it gave you something else to try to listen to because your mind was going one way and you know, at least they were going the other way. So it, it's, Definitely, you know, I, that's, I think that's the best part about running with people is it just, it, it, you know, it allows you that aspect of having other sounding boards and other people to pick up where, you know, your mind may, you know, fall short. Yeah. And that, it, you know, which it, that's interesting because our, we can spend so much time thinking about what we're doing and sort of get into our own head and just completely throw ourselves off and you need something to break you out of that so once upon a time it was music another time it might be a pacer and i i tend to think some of these you know um more advanced ultra runners or somebody like you know dina caster um dina talked about how she's got um a spin a spin room in her head 
where as quickly as she possibly can, she takes a negative message and turns it into a positive message. Like, oh, my left hamstring hurts. Well, my right hamstring's working That's, great. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, that, and, you need to have that ability to do that. So. Yeah, and I, I, I wish I had that gift. Some days I feel like I have it. Like, hey, this is a great run. Oh, my foot hurts. Well, I'll just keep running on it, and it'll stop hurting. You know. And then other days I, I can't stop thinking about the tag on my shirt scratching my neck. You know. I had that a couple of weeks ago. We one that real cold Saturday, and I ran on a treadmill, and it was just every little thing that was bothering me was just you know couldn't get it out of my mind, and it you know it just it made the you know that run just drag on and on and on, and yeah, it was you know probably because also it was one of the long runs, a few long runs I had done by myself too, so there was nothing else you know besides me and my thoughts. Scary place. <laughs> yeah, very true. Do you um do you find that though do you come out of those um tough runs feeling like I did that I am now stronger in some way because of it? Yeah, you know, it takes a little while. I mean, mind the ducks. Literally, it was the next a day or two later, and I looked at whatever swag I got and realized you know I had completed a, a marathon and you know even Can Lakes and stuff. And it's you look back at the map and you see that distance. It I don't know. It doesn't seem true even though or real even though you did it sometimes until you you know you look back and you realize that. And for me, then it's like okay, well you know check that off. What 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 next? What else can I do? So. Yeah, wow. Do you um do you now get people saying, "Whoa, I don't even drive that far." Yeah, I've got, you know, you get that one all the time or you get everybody, you know, they can't run because of their knees or their back or something else. Oh, do you, do you just want to just shake them? I I don't even tell distances anymore. I just tell people I'm running on, you know, the weekends yeah. and I leave it at that and yeah. you know, if, if if they ask, I'll tell them and you know, kilometers are a great thing cuz people don't understand them, so I would, if I were you, I'd be like, do you, do my knees look, do my knees look broken to you? Cause, uh, I, I, you know, I, it's just so frustrating when, when you hear people say like they, they're gonna, you're gonna kill your knees or something, but you know, they'll, get, they'll figure it out. You get a lot of new runners, you know, and that's all their worries. And it's like, you know, I, I came from the same place you are and I'm only a few, you know, a few years into it, but I've, you know, I've got to this point and I haven't had those issues. So, I mean, it's. You know, you got to be smart and listen to your body, but it, you know, it's it's definitely doable. I mean, I ran, I ran a, mar- a half marathon at you know weights. People wouldn't even think of getting off a couch, and you know, my body survived. So, really, it, I guess I didn't realize you were you were that big when you did that that first half marathon, huh? Oh yeah, it was you know it was definitely I, I was I was way up there when I ran the first half marathon. So. And and so you felt like you had to, because a lot of people would say that you shouldn't be doing that, but you, you kind of felt like, like you said, you were listening to your body and you were doing yeah. the right thing for yourself. Yeah, well, very much. I would listen to myself. You know, I would see, you know, hear other people say, well, you know, you can't do it at that weight. You got to lose weight first. And it's like, well, you know, I can do it. I mean, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't fast. It wasn't eloquent, eloquent but, you know, I, I did it. So, you know, and I guess I, you know, if I, Nobody else was really paying attention, but I proved to myself that, you know, that I could do it and definitely know it's not, you know, it's better to be doing it, you know, healthier and at a better weight. But, you know, it's doable, at, you know, at any weight if you put your mind to it. And I think that's the that's the key. I mean, it, you you can never be good at something unless you start doing it first, you know. 
And if and if running was your thing, you know, then it seems to be working out pretty darn well for you. Yeah, it definitely, you know, it has. And, you know, that's part of why I like now, you know, giving back because I see other people struggling and, you know, I, I can tell, you know, like, you know, the people, especially, you know, I like to, you know, I run with some of the, you know, what, what now I consider the slower groups, but that used to be fast for me. And, you know, I like to be there with them and, you know, and, and tell them, you know, it, it, it's all doable. You just got to, you know, get started. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. I think when you can speak from a place of I was there, you know, I think that that's that's more meaningful than any book or any doctor's advice or, you know, anything they're going to see on Facebook for for you to be running with them and to say, look, I, I was there, you know, and not so long ago even. And then I also love, you know, I go to the doctor and, you know, even when I was heavier, I'd be like, oh, what do you do for exercise? Oh, I run. Oh, are you training for a 5K? No, I have a half marathon in a few weeks. You know, it's like even, you know, those, you know, medical professionals, they seem to shy away from, you know, running, you know, and things like that. They just don't think, you know, so it was like to, you know, be able to prove them wrong or shock them. So. And so during the time, did you, as you were sort of going, did you have anything that like sort of nearly knocked you off your path did you have like a setback or a near injury that you know you were like oh crap i was doing so well you know knock on wood i haven't had any major injuries you know i'm i'm trying to think setback wise my you know last year i decided i was going to do that the four season challenge and do four halves and i came into january and that i don't whatever, 15-degree half marathon, you know, it just destroyed me, and I had a really bad showing at it, but, you know, I came back at Flower City and proved that, it, you know, I could, you know, definitely improve. So that was probably, you know, the low point was having a, what I consider a good half marathon at three and a half hours, and then actually having my next one be even slower than that, but, you know, turning it around and improving on both of them was, I think, definitely, you know, made, you know, the future a lot brighter. Yeah, that that winter warrior got so cold when the sun went down. It got it got so cold when the sun went down. I, I ran with a water bottle without the cap on it because you know the cap kept freezing and my yeah. bib was freezing. Every anywhere I spilled water, so it was, yeah, it, you know, in hindsight that it was definitely you know the conditions led to the you know some of the performance there. And a nice and a nice rally at the the Flower City. So that you know, I mean that's pretty cool. That was the first time I think you know I set what I consider was an ambitious goal and, you know, for me, you know, and I went out and when I, you know, I didn't think I was going to get it. And then I realized, you know, within the last mile that, you know, I could definitely, you know, get it as long as I stayed constant and, you know, and I, I hit it. So, you know, after that, you know, I did two more road halves and I kind of set ambitious goals and in summertime at shoreline, I was, you know, a couple minutes off. And then when I did Rochester half, I was a minute off my goal, but, when I looked at it in the end, I realized I waited in line at a portage on for a minute. So I was like, you know what? Basically, I hit my goal if you don't stop, you know, take into my stop to wait at a portage on. So. Right. So, I mean, just to, to sort of go over for, for those that aren't, aren't keeping score at home, I mean, your, flower, your first Flower City was 329. Yep. And that, that was in April 2014. Yes. Then you had that, um, the, the Winter Warrior. Um, which was January. Um, yep. and that was the three forty seven, which, you know, we, we just kind of recapped. And then you went down to a, a two fifty nine at flower city, which you mentioned. I mean, you took a half hour 
off of that race. Yep. That's a big deal. Yeah, that was a pretty, you know, I, that, you know, that definitely, you know, it, that was a good day for me when I, you know, I came in and was able to take that off. And, you know, there was a couple other people there. I mean, even Ellen, who was announcing, she realized, you know, that she had been there waiting for me for an extra half hour the year before. Right. So. Yeah. And then um, you had a 250 at Shoreline. That was and a hot. That was a hot, hot day. Yes, that yeah. Oh, like Shoreline. It's it, always hot. Yeah. Yeah. It could be fifty degrees in the city of Rochester, and somehow in Hamlin, it's seventy-five and sunny. <laughs> yeah. um, and it, and, it rained all night, so it was one hundred and ten percent humidity. So yeah, that was gross, yeah. gross. Um, and then MVP, um, the half marathon. You had a two thirty-one. Yeah. So, you know, over the course of a year. You go from a 329 on April 2014 to a 231 on, in September 2015. And then you're jumping into ultras. And, you know, I, I think what you've said is you're, you're setting aggressive goals for yourself. And you made, you know, over that time, we haven't talked much, but you said it took a little while to um, sort of get the diet and other habits to come along. But you're sort of tidying those up now. You got your um, long-distance races coming. You're sort of figuring this stuff out, huh? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, you know, the last, that was last year I put, you know, I tried to put all the pieces together, and that's kind of why I picked that, you know, to do the four-season challenge. And I think it definitely it allowed me to, you know, showcase that, you know, the weight loss within top of, you know, the exercise and, you know, the increased mileage, you know, it definitely, you know, the, the finish times reflect it all. So, so, and, um, over the course of this year, I think also you got yourself a fancy new truck, didn't you this year? Well, that was part of the motivation this summer riding to work was my truck finally failed and I have a, uh, you know, I've got a summer car, but I don't like to take it to work. So, yeah, I had to uh, finally, after uh, Can Lakes was over, bite the bullet and buy myself a, a winter truck because I wasn't going to ride in the winter time to work. So that oh. was my uh, my reward for my my year, I guess. A winter truck is that is that yeah. what we're calling that big red baby baby? So, yeah, it's uh, it, you know, I'll probably it'll be a little year round, but I'll you know, my goal is still like, give it a month or two here to get the bike out in the you know the summer, and then I got the the car for the weekend, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and the bike the bike fits nicely in the back of the truck, does it? Fits back and yeah, fits in the back of the car too. I definitely did a bunch of training rides this summer where I you know, I brought the challenger out and had the bike in pieces on the back of it and put it together to go for a ride, so Wow. So you got you got some biking, you got some running, um lots of running. Um you thinking you're gonna be a triathlete soon? You know, I've I've set a goal, a lofty goal of ten miles swimming this year. You know, so it's now uh, two months into it. And I have zero miles, so we'll we'll see where that goals that goes. But I definitely want to get you know the biking back up. I've wanted to do a duathlon for a while. They just never fit the uh, the schedule. But definitely would like to do that. And then maybe I you know I when I was younger I always did enjoy swimming, even if you know I didn't enjoy any other activity. So I would like to get you know, in the pool and, you know, see if I could do, you know, some distance of a triathlon. I think my goal has kind of been maybe that'll be next year's, you know, goal is to try to do a triathlon or two. Wow. Um, I've swam maybe a mile in my entire life, cumulative. <laughs> and that's, that's probably 15 to 20 feet at a time. <laughs> um, 
So I, you know, I really want to hear how that goes because um, taking on the triathlon, uh, it just, you know, like you said, uh, yeah, I'd like to get on the bike. Well, I, I like to run. And so there's really no time for biking and swimming. And the, the triathletes that I see, I mean, just the dedication and the ability to do all three of those things. Um, I guess I run because I, I feel like I run okay. Um, swimming, boy, that's hard work for me. And well, I, that yeah, it's a very gray area where there's you know there's a lot to be learned that I you know I, I you know I, that's why I think I've held off on it you know this long you know biking and running you know kind of I guess are second nature activities for us but at least swimming efficiently is a whole another beast that I you know need to get into so oh my god it's you know and we're here we are we're talking about overcoming obstacles and challenges and I'm like oh I can't swim no no it's too hard yeah. Oh, give me a marathon any day, but don't put me in a pool. <laughs> exactly. Oh, have you ever tried that? Um, the uh, pool pool running. Oh my goodness! I'll never try that. I did some pool walking after my after Can Lakes last year, and that was you know hard enough. I you know wouldn't even try to actually get it you know faster at a running pace. So. so. Um, but yeah, you know, this summer, um, we should probably end up seeing more of each other. I'll be at a lot of these, uh, races that you're doing. I'm really only, I, I'm trying to limit my racing. I want to do some more like podcasting at races. Um, so I'm going to run Cayuga trails, uh, 50. I'm going to volunteer at Ontario summit. Yeah, I somehow um, made that one made my that one I ended up signing up for after I kind of swore off that half, but so we'll uh, we'll wait. give that half another go this year. So oh man, okay, well I'll be there. I'll, yeah, I guess I'll be there too now. So <laughs> that one's gonna be they're gonna change the course a tiny little bit, but yeah, that's um that so, the hill just just destroyed me last <laughs> year, even though I knew it was there. So I this year I decided to see you know what I could do on it. So. Well, after Sega Honda training, you're 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 a full year stronger. It will still be hard, but it it might not completely destroy you. That was kind of the idea. It was you know a litmus test to definitely see what you know training for all these other races had done. So, yeah, you seem to have a very similar um, methodology, like that at least that I have. Go once, see what you do, and at least go back one more time. Yeah, yeah, that that's been yeah, for most of my races. That's kind of how it's been, you know. You know, there's been very few that have been, you know, one and done, but it's, you know, definitely got to go back at least, you know, one more time. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't think I've had a lot of one and dones. Um, I even went back to shoreline a second time. <laughs> that, well, that, okay, let me rephrase that. That'll be a one and done because I want to do, uh, uh, zero SPF, which will probably fall the same weekend. So, oh, very I cool. That. I missed that one, so I definitely want to try that one out this year when uh, registration opens to make sure I get in on that. And I want to go back and do damn good again. I'm on the waiting list because I missed that one. So that's cool. Um, I'm going to have a um, a podcast. Uh, I'm going to be giving away an entry to damn good on the podcast. So. Well, I found out I, I made the wait list, but I made the number one position. So I oh, think you, the, the possibility is extremely high that I will come off the wait list for that one. So. Yeah, damn good. Damn good was my first ever trail race. So uh, I, it has a nice uh, soft spot in my heart. And I did it before I did Sega Honda. So you got, you'll have that advantage as well. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, I've seen you know I've seen that part. I've seen most of the previews. I mean, for Sega Honda, I ran the last preview backwards because I volunteered last year, so I didn't have the luxury of running you know a five k uphill. I ran it downhill, which seemed a lot easier. So <laughs> this, it'll be definitely different this come May this year. So yeah, very cool. Um, so yeah, we should cross paths a, a couple of times this summer then. Yep. Um, I'm not going to run much, but I, I hope to just be standing around hanging out at races because I'm going to go from Cayuga into Twisted Branch and see yep. see for some uh, redemption there. Yeah, I'm hoping to get down to that Twisted Branch this year to see you guys. That one, that one is definitely somewhere on a radar. I don't know if it's you know on mine yet, but it definitely seems to be out there. I know the cutoffs for that one and stuff. I you know have a little bit of time on so. Yeah, that one that one is aggressive. Um the cutoffs were aggressive for me. I is 18 hours. I finished at 17:43. Yeah, so, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, that one is a very hard it's a hard race. Um yeah. Pick, Ooh. I'm picking a if I do a 50 miler this year it's going to be a you know relatively easy one just so I at least can, you know, knock out the distance with minimal elevation and mm-hmm. say I've done it and then go from there. So yeah, I um I haven't run a fifty miler yet. I've run the marathons and I've run I I went from marathon to the hundred K and then because I didn't want to lose my fitness, I ran Menden fifty K last year for some dumb reason. But um that yeah, so I went marathon hundred K fifty K and Cayuga will be my first fifty miler. Yeah, I've I've debated with you know there's Tunnel Hill which is out in Illinois. It's a 50k or 50k and a, no, it's a 50 miler, a hundred miler, and it's a rails to trail system, so it's nice and flat and you know crushed gravel. So if I do one, it'll probably do that. Otherwise, I've been toying with maybe trying to do Can Lakes as a 50 miler, but that's a little early for me to try to ramp up to that. So yeah, and you already have a, a pretty big year, you know, lined up. If you could. Uh, if you just sort of, you know, um, get through this year with upping into the ultras, um, and you come out of that feeling good, then then all of a sudden, you know, you you know, you're on to something here. The ultras, the the hard part is for me at least, it's training up to the ultra, and then by the time you get to the ultra, like you know, you're gonna make it. And then it's that week after, and it's almost like I don't ever want to run again. But you totally want to, and then you do, and then your body's like, "No, remember we agreed we were never going to run again." Yeah, that's you know, and that's the funny. And then that's where you know, like I, that's why I want to go back to Ken Lakes because I hurt the next week. But I'll say I hurt the more I hurt more after my first half marathon than I did after my first fifty k. And it's you know, it's a question of you know, then did I not put enough out there for a fifty k that you know. I didn't hurt that much, or was it that I was that well, you know, trained for it? Mm-hmm. I think you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a pretty interesting year this year. Oh, it, there's definitely gonna be some pain involved this year. <laughs> <laughs> what I really took from that conversation with Joe was, you know, um, to borrow a line, you know, just do it. And, you know, but do it for yourself. Don't do it because you think anybody else is going to care or because somebody told Just go and do it. And do it on your own terms. 
we run because we run and we have our own reasons and we have our own rationale on when somebody says you shouldn't be running or why do you run that far or, you know, maybe you should do something, whatever. Just run because uh, in the end, it's it's kind of your life and you uh, kind of get to do whatever you want with it. That's it. I'm a runner and I run. So... The other piece is how it shows that you can do something amazing by simply what you think is normal. So don't limit yourself to what other people think is normal. You got something interesting in your mind that fascinates you that you want to explore? Go and do it because it might seem abnormal to others and it might seem weird and then once you accomplish it, they'll look at you and say, wow, I can't believe you do that. I can't believe you made that thing happen. But if you would have listened to them before you started on that thing, you may never have gotten started. So just don't be defined by normal and don't be defined by what you should be. So, there's that. Uh, since I got you hooked with an ad for Strat, and I softened you up with a story from Joe, I got one more for you, which is uh, our final sponsor. Hey, two sponsors? What? This show had no sponsors. Now it's got two? Yeah. Our second sponsor. You know them. You love them. You hang out with them. Or you're well aware of their orange shirts. Uh, this is also sponsored by Trails Rock. Uh, and Trails Rock is giving away an entry into Mess the Dress. Mess the Dress is five miles of fashionable trails in Black Creek Park on the sunny west side of Rochester. Bring your favorite ball gown. Bring your favorite tuxedo. Whatever it is, dress, look good, and run the trails. This race is on April 9th at 10 a.m., and we're going to give away one entry. So what you got to do to get yourself in that contest is I'm going to put a post on Facebook about Mess the Dress Contest, and you can reply with a picture of your favorite dress. It's that simple. Find your favorite dress and post it on the Facebook page. Post a comment, you get one entry. Share the post that I put out there, you get two entries. You're not in the Facebook? Uh, bummer. You know, only 1.9 billion people on the planet are. That's fine. Cool. Send me an email at Chris at runninginsideoutpodcast.com with a picture of your favorite dress and I'll post it on your behalf and you're in. So, get your contest entries in by Friday, March 25th because we are going to announce the winter. Winter? No. Winter will be over. We are going to announce the winner. No fooling. On our April 1st 
episode. So, April 1st, ain't foolin'. Get your contest entries in by March 25th. Post your dresses. That's all. And with that, thank you for listening. Thank you for telling all your friends. Thank you for getting out there and running and creating more stories. So, we'll be back in a little while with another episode. But until then, be thankful for what you've been given. Be proud of what you've achieved and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.